0: Hello everyone, welcome to Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends, a podcast where I speak to people much more interesting than myself. Please enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to season three, episode one of Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends. Uh, just in light of recent things of that's been going on sort of in my life and sort of the, the post-lockdown world or the still in lockdown world, which we're not totally sure of. Uh, I just had a quote here that I read, which is something to do with what's recently happened here in Northern Ireland. So the quote is Difference is the essence of humanity. Difference is an accident of birth, and it should therefore never be the source of hatred or conflict. Therein lies the most fundamental principle of peace, respect for diversity. Which is why today I'm joined by the awesome Linda Irvine, who is a a unionist Gilgore from East Belfast. Morning, Linda. Morning. Wai.
1: Morning. Wai, Darren.
0: How are you, Mrs.?
1: I'm good. I'm
0: good. Yeah, that's good. I have rattled up what I can figure out from my. Uh, I have a C at GCSE Irish, so you'll have to oh, you'll have to be patient <laughs> with me. My starter blocks were not were not great in life. I did French and Irish for GCSEs. I got a C in both. At least it was oh. consistent.
1: <laughs>
0: so I want, I I'm try, I, I, I've, I think I've got this one from memory. I didn't. I, I tried not to cheat. And I tried not to Google any words. So I have, into Irvine, our podcast, Darren O'Machu, August Irintakarga. Is that correct?
1: Oh, it- <laughs> yes.
0: Thirty seconds in, and I'm teacher's pet. Hi, Linda. <laughs> so, uh, just to, for a guest on the podcast, Linda is in charge of the tourist project over in East Belfast, and is also my boss at East Belfast GAA. Our Uchtaron.
1: <laughs> do love let that power go to my head, and I be careful, be careful. <laughs>
0: So I put up a thing yesterday on my Instagram where I was asking people for questions and I pointed out that you are, I think, the only uh, Uchtharan of a Gaelic Athletic Club who had never seen a match. So you got the job first and then you went and watched the match. Is that correct?
1: It's the way to do it, isn't
0: it? Brilliant. No mucking around, no staff training days, none of that messing about.
1: I had seen a hurling match down in Croke Park. My husband and I had seen that, the final, but I'd never seen a, a Gaelic football match. So I went and saw my first one a few weeks ago. I have to say I was very impressed.
0: And the weather was shocking.
1: It was, but at least I could sit in the car and look out the window. <laughs> exactly.
0: With, I know the social distancing and all that, when none of us could go. It was, it was the first match ever played by the club and nobody could go if you weren't on the team. It was horrible. <laughs> Oh, man. So Linda, tell me a bit about your your project that you run over in East Belfast, which has been, I'm sure, quite difficult during the, the COVID stuff. What, what What is the project? How, how do you encourage the, the Irish language in your part of the world?
1: Okay, well, we started an Irish language project just over eight years ago. It started sort of really accidentally, probably, just by doing a, a wee taster session, and then there was a bit of an interest, and we started off our own classes, which eventually then grew the tourists. And um, as you know, Taurus means journey and for us, I suppose it is a journey. It's, it's turned out to be not just a journey in the language, but a journey of healing and a journey of reconciliation because it just draws people from everywhere and anywhere. And though the majority of our learners do come from the unionist community, it's very diverse and it's very mixed. And I suppose what was always important for us from the word go was we didn't want to create you know, the wee Protestant branch of the Irish language. You know, we want to just take our part within the Irish language sector. So we've always encouraged and we've physically taken people over, you know, the events over in West Belfast, the other Irish language groups, and we invite them over to us. And there's been so many really friendships and relationships created, you know, both with ourselves and different groups and, you know, within the, the learner base as well. So it's, I, I really want to say we've created a community. And that's the most important thing, you know, we are a community of learners. This is not just about classes and people who come and say, you know, the the welcome is so important and they feel they feel part of it. So when the lockdown came, that was, you know, extremely detrimental to what we do because we had 16 physical classes a week, you know, cups of tea, lots of sharing, you know, lots of crack and all of a sudden, bang, that was gone. But my teachers being just fantastic immediately helped me to move things online and we'd had 264 learners who registered from the September and over 200 of them moved online. We then recruited over 300 more people into um total beginners classes so it's been really really good and we've been doing zoom and all the usual stuff and um, one of our teachers kiva she's been great making youtube videos and we have gone out and i think she's got her own youtube channel going now she would want to lose her from a media star or something you know (laughs) it's been it's actually been fantastic so we're we're planning ahead now we've got a bit of a summer festival going on now online and we're doing sessions and, um, and then for September, we'll start up again. But at the minute, we're not just quite sure what that structure is going to take. We would love to think that we could have small face-to-face classes again, but we really don't know at this point, you know. So we're, we're just sort of holding off before we commit ourselves to what the structure will be.
0: That's fair enough. Um, you, you spoke about sort of not wanting to create that little branch. You, you just want to be part of a wider community, which I think is brilliant. Something we took into the football team as well, which is our... Uh, our motto, which is the which is just together, that's all we want to be. We just we just want to extend it. It it's it doesn't belong to anybody, it belongs to the world, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, and I and that's what I mean towards, you know. I think at the start there were people who were suspicious of us, and you know, what were we doing and what were we up to? Why does this Irish language come? I think over the years, you know, we've really proven ourselves, you know, we're not out to do any harm. We love the language, same as you know, the GAA, they love the games. You know, this is not about politics, this is not about division, this is not about trying to force anything. You know, we we sit there, we offer classes, if somebody wants to come, they come, and they don't want to come, no problem at all. And over the years, I think what has really encouraged is, you know, some of the people who maybe were our critics at the beginning have ended up being our friends become our volunteers and become our learners you know and so i think there's always room you know lots of people are on a journey and you know i think it's very important to keep that door open for people and allow them to make that journey down and you know some of them will will end up you know some of them won't but it's about respect and difference and you know i don't mind if if somebody doesn't like the irish language or they don't want to play ga that's fine that's not an issue but they have to respect that other people do want to do that. And that's, that's just how it is.
0: Well, one of the things I said, I put forward into the, the football group when we were talking about stuff was, so the UFC fighter, Conor McGregor, his big thing was, you know, when he's running around and he's fighting and he's waving his flag, his thing is, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over. And I say to the guys from the football team, can we maybe mm-hmm. suggest as a, as a slogan, we're not here to take over, we're here to ask you to take part. <laughs>
1: it's lovely <laughs> I like that
0: <laughs> yeah yeah I think it's it's the as you said the diversity and the other thing as well is the Irish language has existed long before Catholics or Protestants so it's it's it should never be about that it's like sport as well when when religion seeps into things or supposed religion it's it's uh, it's a whole other thing there I I really love that you're doing it where it's I mean I lived in New Zealand in Christchurch and there were Irish language classes that were open to all why not well, same with the GA thing. Why not East Belfast? Why not anywhere in the world that wants to do it? Uh, I had a great yeah. chat with a guy, Andy McGibbon. Andy plays in a brilliant band called the Bonnevilles and he said, learning about another person's culture should never lessen your own.
1: Well, I, I think one of the things, that's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll try to come back to you on that, Darren, because this is not about somebody else's culture.
0: You know It's
1: exactly. is as much my my culture. and And I suppose, you know, for me, that, that's been a learning curve for me, because when I started learning Irish, I did see it. I saw it as something that belonged to Catholic people. I saw it as something that belonged to a nationalist culture. That didn't put me off, but it did make me feel uneasy as somebody you know from the unionist community, as somebody you know, as a Protestant. There was a, a small part of me, and I pride myself that I'm not sectarian, But I think unfortunately you know when you were born at the time that I was born and even though my family were very left wing and I certainly never heard sectarianism at home but you were surrounded by it and it seeps into you almost like a poison you know so there was a part of me that worried you know was I was I doing something wrong was I betraying something and you know that was part of my journey when I had to read about the Irish women's I had to learn about the Irish women's I had to meet people who spoke Irish and I had to realize that a lot of the things that I thought were true were just absolute nonsense, absolute total nonsense, you know. And, and that's been a wonderful journey. And one of the things that I do, you know, I do a big presentation called The Hidden History of Protestants in the Irish Language, where I talk about the links to Scotland, to the Isle of Man, to the links to things like the Presbyterian Church, the Church of Ireland, the Orange Order, all sorts of things that people, um, you know, they, they don't recognize that's, that the Irish language is part of that too. And as you say, you know, it predates any of the nonsense that we have here. It's We're surrounded by the place names. It's just a beautiful language. And so many people I find are interested. They want to get involved, they want to learn a few words, they want to hear about the place names. I think that's great. And as I say, for those who don't, fair enough, not an issue. But, you know, don't create negativity around something that is. Absolutely harmless to you. There is no threat to you, and actually, you know, brings so much joy to other people.
0: Yeah, uh, Linda. I, I should point out as well. I definitely wasn't saying that it, it's it's another person's culture. I say that is that it is open to all. So it's, it's yeah yeah. It no, those belong it to us, it. it's it's. Uh, yeah. If you're on this little, I mean, I think as well as I've lived in a couple of different places around the world, we were very caught up thinking that we're this little place we come from is the center of the universe. But well, we have so much to offer in positivity to the world. But whenever Absolutely. I travel places and I tell people where I'm from, and they kind of still do that. Oh, what's that like now? I'm like, piss off. All right. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful place. And you should come see it.
1: Yeah. And this is the reality. And that's one of the things I feel very strongly with East Bell Fast. And you know, and I realized when I, you know, I went sort of out other places that people have a, a perception of what East Belfast is like because you know sometimes it was reported very badly you know in the news and you know protests and all this sort of thing and you know even when I met people maybe from West Belfast and invited them over you know sometimes they were frightened and said no I I've never been on the Newton York I, I think I'd be frightened of going over there and you know my learners would say wise up come on <laughs> come on over and get a cup of tea yeah so that's a great joy not only introducing my learners to places in West Belfast that they were nervous of but bringing people over as well who went wow this is, this is a lovely place you know people are really friendly this is really nice and that I suppose just normal cross city traffic I mean we think that's why the glider was put on just to accommodate us and our learners you know
0: that's so, very good I'm yeah. also to sort you out with us
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I think what we want to live in a society that's a normal society and we're on that journey. We're getting there. And, you know, we feel we're part of that healing.
0: That's brilliant. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad to hear. And um, it's nice to chat because I think the first time I met you was last week when you were just coming up. I think you'd come up with a, a bag of uh, slitters a donation for us from-
1: I did. Yeah, I did. They
0: had. It was great. And you were just like, hey everyone. And I was, and I was like, Linda, can I get you to do the podcast? And you were like, yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well do you know i'm gonna tell you and this is the truth i went up last week to deliver the slithers and sorry and uh, as i say they had done a gift from castlenock um <coughs> gaa lovely guy dave o'brien had brought them up so i was just delivering them up to the teams and you know i got up there for the henry jones playing fields and all these young people, just, it was fabulous. And, you know, I went over, I met some of the guys, and I went over and I met the girls and had a bit of crack. And I was walking back over the field and I haven't, I haven't been well <clears throat> and um, it really just lifted me. And I thought, you know, this is, this is not the East Belfast that I used to know, this is wonderful, this is inclusive, this is vibrant, the energy. And I just, I got into the car and I rang my husband and I said, Brian, this is, this is just wonderful. You know, just the feeling that that gave me, you know, about if I could have just all that, it would have been lovely.
0: Well, I'm glad we cheered you up running around the place. And you did. You did. Le- learning new things. I, I mean, I was, I'm playing with the hurlers. I haven't played hurley since it was 14, 15, <laughs> 20 years off, nearly off. So, and we have, we have guys that are hockey players. We have guys that are cricketers. And it's all that. I think it's one of the brilliant things about this project or that with the new team is that people are a bit more educated now. They, they know their history. They, yeah. they want to investigate in it. Like Michael Cusick, one of the founding members of the GA, his first sport was cricket. Do you know what I mean? There's, uh, there's so much so much of a mix in and there's things named after them, and people, and all the stuff around the world. If I would say to anybody that would try and bring any sectarianism to, into sport or the language, I always just say to them. If if people say anything about Gaelic, I always just say, "Does Samuel Maguire sound like a Catholic to you?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, I just feel, you know, if, if we want change and if we want to move things forward, then we we have to push, and and I think this is a, just a great opportunity, absolutely great opportunity. And for those who you know have attacked me and have attacked the club and said you know what about this but but I said well look you know there's nothing in this club that you're going to take offense at you'll come and meet the guys and if there if there's things that you don't like about the gaa well then you know go stick to the gaa and i feel you know there's things that maybe make me feel uneasy i will be challenging those things in a positive way not in a negative way i don't want to vilify anybody um i don't believe that sport and politics should mix and i think the gaa are still on a journey. And I think that's, you know, that, that, that's a journey that they're moving down. I'm, I'm looking forward to being part of positive change.
0: Yeah, I think, I think for us as well, it's, it has to come from grassroots level, quite literally a brand new club and we're off to the races and we've mixed in. And, and, and if you spend any amount of time with the, the boys and the girls as well, the, the women's team have been phenomenal. The people yeah. they're drawn into playing that. They have people from all over the world playing not yeah. just East Belfast it's fantastic it's
1: the, the, pos- the positivity and the vibrancy has just blown me away I, I think it's, it really is it's, it's wonderful and I would encourage anybody to get involved and I think everybody is so friendly and so welcome
0: Linda, now usually in, in uh, Gaelic clubs we have an Irish language officer, are you going to be double jobbing? or are you just...
1: no? I think I, as far as I know, it's Graeme Galt is your Irish language officer, and Graeme, oh, Graeme, yeah.
0: you passed so, that yeah, one off quite so, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: absolutely. But I really hope that um, you're going to be working closely with tourists because we're here. You know, we've got space, and um, you know, so I, I just think that that's obviously a very natural link. Yeah,
0: um, I, th- I think we need. I think we need to get down to you even for our couple of focal. You know, for our uh Gaelic or homage you play with your comma and all that stuff we need to get on. absolutely
1: all... absolutely yet yeah. <laughs> yeah, course...
0: again the the only thing I remember from school was Esmailum smile on you know that kind of stuff it was all conversational <laughs> well, Irish start. in school yeah
1: too small too small and of course one of our staff in Taurus is one of the players um, Kiva Kiva Rua is uh, one of the camogs so there's a, another good link
0: yeah no it's, it's brilliant it's good to have and uh, it's I think what was really nice was, uh, I mean, your initial involvement, did you, did you contact the club or did they contact you and say, we we, we would love a resource in East Belfast? It,
1: it was really, no, it was even um, simpler than that. I just saw the initial tweet and liked it. And then David and I had a bit of a, a conversation on Twitter because I thought, wow, isn't this exciting? Isn't this interesting? And you know, this speaks to me of something new and innovative and hopeful. And um, and then they came back and asked me, "Would it be president?" <laughs> Which was very unexpected, I have to say. I never really saw myself as being president of a GAA club. Yeah, there. You go. Here, you know
0: what? That's that's not bad in your house, Senna's. So what? Your husband was a political leader, and now you're running a a gala club. You're so too bad in your face.
1: <laughs> I have to say, Brad, I've outdone you, now. I'm yeah. I.
0: I'm to run Irvine, sorry, yeah. That's phenomenal. Oh, um, your, your initial journey yourself. I know you said that uh, how you so how you ended up developing a, a, an interest in the Irish language yourself before you became a teacher. So did you just learn enough and then go, well, I can teach this to somebody else? Uh, I mean, because no, you're, no, you're no. continually <laughs> learning. I mean, you're, you do Irish history and all sorts
1: of stuff, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, we uh, we just we offer it's just because there's an interest for the learners. Um, no, it, it started off as I had a couple of focal. I started learning and. In that journey, people very quickly, you know, I was advised to read some books and I was really shocked at some of the things, you know, that I discovered about the language. And it also made me really sad that, you know, I, I had no knowledge of these things, the most basic things, like even Belfast, you know, here was a city that I was born in and lived my whole life and I didn't know that its name came from the Irish language and it doesn't come from King Billy's horse called Bale who could run fast, you know.
0: I I didn't want to say that in case I got you in trouble for that, but I thought that was hilarious.
1: <laughs> well, I've heard that so many times, you know, people here are convinced that it's true. yeah. But, um, you know, so... These are the things, as I say, I wanted to pass on to other people. So when I got the chance to start up Taurus, I had a fellow, Matthew, and he he had wonderful Irish, so he did most of the teaching, and I had another teacher, Phil. So I didn't teach, I, I managed the programme. I do teach now, I teach the, the sort of lower classes and the family class, but I have, a, I have a range of different teachers. But the history stuff, which has been amazing, comes from my colleague, Gordon McCoy, and um, Gordon lives in East Belfast and um, had, had learned Irish when he went to university as a fluent speaker, did a PhD in Irish and whatnot, and a um, big very well-respected. And Gordon had done so much research. He'd worked for the Old Talk Trust for like 17 years. So he just walked in with all this knowledge about East Belfast, about the Irish language, about place names, about Col name, about all the stuff that I was starting to become aware of, but didn't have the, the, the time or the ability to, to do the research and get to know it. So we have created this sort of, you know, bus tours and tourism and merchandise out of Gordon's work. And Gordon continues to do that and and I suppose in many ways because of the political situation East Belfast was just a, an unexplored undiscovered um, entity where Irish language and Gaelic culture and history was concerned but yet it's brimming with it absolutely brimming with it and you know so I suppose what we wanted to do was to say this this isn't something that we're important you know we're not running this up from Donny Donegal this was always here. This is part and parcel of this place. And, you know, and if you belong to this place you were born in this place, then this is something that belongs to you as well. And I think the, the reassuring thing for me is so many people have got on board and said, yeah, you know, I, I, I live here and there's Gaelic all around me and I want to know about it and I want to explore that. So that's been that's been so, so fantastic. And over the years, you know, the, the hundreds of people who joined us and come to do classes, who have become our friends, who have become part of our community. And it's just the richness that that brings to us, you know.
0: I think one of the brilliant things as well is it, it's just a modern day. It's a modern day version of because once you go back, I feel and it makes me sad in this country that our modern history has kind of hidden all of those beautiful things that you went and learned about. So we were so focused about what happened in the last 50 years. And you're like, there was thousands of years back there of beautiful language and music and arts and sport and things that belong to the people that were just kind of hidden or that's not for you. You don't get to do that. That's, you don't go over there. Is it, was it hard to get past those barriers? I mean, as you said, there was, I mean, the initial suspicion of, of course of, you know, yeah. the wife of a PUP man speaking those
1: Well, I think at the beginning there were, there was, there was some hostility. You know, when we started up the classes, I, I remember there was people walked out of our building um you know i work for a church so there's people who rang in i the first week of my job I, I shared an office with six other people you know the youth worker and the person who worked with the elderly and whatnot and i had to listen while they took phone calls and people were ringing in and saying, you know i, I support yeah you know, me spell the fascination because it's a, it's a charity and i'm letting you know that they'll not be paying any more money in there when they're doing that sort of thing and um,
0: that's not a very christian thing to do
1: no, it's not. It's not, you know. And <laughs> give the church, they due, you know, I thought I'd be sacked by the end of the week. Yeah. And, you know, but they stood by me, which was wonderful. <laughs> and, um, and I've had great support from the Methodist Church. And I'm not a Methodist myself, I'm a Presbyterian. But, um, you know, so those sorts of things were very hard. And, you know, for me as a, as a, as a person, as an individual, there were people who I was friendly with, who unfortunately no longer regard themselves as my friends and don't speak to me anymore. And, um, and I found that that particularly difficult. Um, I didn't even know about anything about social media and all of a sudden I was being attacked on social media and people were showing me these things. And I, you know, and I found it very hard to get my head around why people would feel so strongly and, um, But, you know, we we just persevered, we just kept on, because I've always known what I'm doing is the right thing. You know, I'm not doing anything to harm anybody. I'm bringing a language to people who want to get involved in it, and people who, like me, because of the tradition they came from, didn't get the opportunity to learn it in school, didn't get the opportunity to go to classes, and all of a sudden it's there. You know, and we have proven over the years that there is an interest within the unionist community The majority of our learners, as I said, come from the unionist community. The majority of groups that I go out and speak to are people, you know, groups within the unionist community. So there is an interest there from people. And why shouldn't they have the right to get involved? There's nothing political. There's nothing divisive. In fact, you know, it's just the opposite because it brings people together and it creates friendships and relationships.
0: My, my personal sort of story about the Irish language was, I mean, it was offered to me in school, um, Tommy Mahoney, uh, you know, I'm, um, South Armagh basically. So, but I had a real problem and it, it, I have this kind of shame about myself that I don't speak better Irish or that I don't speak more Irish because when I was a kid in the eighties and nineties, it was still a very divisive place and it was nearly like, they were trying to, I felt sometimes that some of my teachers were trying to teach me Irish and it was, you were nearly at fault if you couldn't do it. But that's that's mm-hmm. not how you make people love a language. If you, I think yeah. if you show people the, the, the beauty of the language where it was more like, if you can't do this, you need to be able to do this. And I was like, I don't, I don't like this because you're, you're making it like yeah. I'm, I'm lesser because I can't do it.
1: Well, I thought this is an interesting thing for me. And again, somebody, you know, who's, who's a Protestant because you know, a lot of my work at the beginning was introducing the language into a unionist community, providing access for people from the unionist community. But all of a sudden, you know, some people from the national nice community started to join us because they we were making these friends, we were making these links. But a number of Catholic people um, came over, especially young people, and said, you know, I avoided the language when I was at school. I stayed away from it because I regarded it as being political and even though maybe I was interested in it or whatever I thought you know that's not who I am I don't like that's but now the Jews are doing it I would love to learn it so I kind of found that sort of amusing in some ways that you know the work of Taurus wasn't just about kind of freeing the language up for people from within the Protestant community but it was freeing the language up for everybody so you could learn Irish. and I'm, I'm not interested in vilifying people who are Republican or nationalist or loyalist or unionist. But what I'm saying, it's the same as GAA, you know, that you have to be able to do these things without it dictating who you are politically. Yes. You know, people have to see that that's got nothing to do with it. You know, you can be Republican and speak Irish, but you can also be loyalist and speak Irish or unionist or nationalist or none of the above. And, you know, it's just, I think it's the freedom to be able to do those things. And I think one of the things that really amused me a lot of the the start was when people, you know, said, like, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, you're doing something wrong. And... At the time, there was a lot of things because the flag had been taken down at City Hall, and there was different things with they all, and you know, people from the Lions community were talking about rights. But you know, somebody from the Newton Arch Road, I felt well, the only people that are trying to deny me my right are people from my own community. That must have
0: been been the most difficult, surely, where where you're from is the opposition. It's not coming from outside or across the town.
1: and And I suppose the reality is too, that even though we we have faced opposition over the years, it's been very little, and the majority of people have been very supportive and you know the people who have come to my office and um, very unexpected people at times who said, "Look, keep doing what you're doing. you're doing a good job." and um, you know and we've had fantastic support from people within both the loyalist community and the unionist community. And many of our learners as well. So, you know, why wouldn't we do what we're doing? We're not doing any harm, as I say, and those who don't like it don't engage.
0: Yeah, I, I think with, with the brilliant work you're doing, Linda, and then what we're trying to do with the football team, I think it's going to be that point where hopefully one day it won't matter where we went to school or what religion yeah. we were. Hopefully one day it'll just be they have a football team and there's an Irish language course over it. It won't be the sensationalism yeah. of, there are that, Protestants doing this, there are Catholics doing this. It will just be, this exists and it's on okay. offer and you don't have to come if you don't want to.
1: That's, I suppose that is my dream that I want to see and I, I, I thought by much about this about the language and I'd like to see it with the, the club as well. That, you know, it'll be so mixed and so diverse that nobody will, you know, nobody will have a knee-jerk reaction or, you know, think with this mm-hmm. or that. But it has to start somewhere. And it's only by people having the courage to break outside the mold and say, Well, we're gonna do this, we're gonna set it up, even though not everybody likes it, even though there's gonna be nasty things on social media, we're still gonna do it because change comes when you take the initiative and you make the change. Yeah.
0: Well, I told my dad about the club and I I I couldn't really I wasn't really sure what his reaction was gonna be because like he didn't, have a, he didn't have an easy time growing up and you know he lived through the troubles and all that stuff and he's where we're from in Armagh as well. And I said, to him, I said dad, there's a cross-community team in East Belfast I'm playing for. I said, it's all religions mixed together. And he just said, it's about time. So that's brilliant. That's, that's our progressiveness. He's, he's yeah. had the bad times and he was like, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to live through that. So let's go somewhere else.
1: Well, I think sadly what I sometimes say at the minute is young people who have you know they didn't grow up during the troubles they haven't experienced the troubles and yet you know they're the ones that are trying to keep the war going and i find that very very hard And they talk on social media you know we and i'd I say this on both sides of the community you know we suffered this or we suffered that no you didn't because you weren't born you didn't suffer anything
0: yeah. you know
1: Generation grew up there, and also I think it's it's very sad that some of them think they've missed some glory. We well, didn't miss the glory, you know. There was a number of things they missed. As you know, as a young person growing up, I was born in the sixties. It was a bore because you know the bands didn't come here. They weren't opportunities to go places. You know, I had a cousin who lived in London who just thought, oh, like what sort of place is this? You know, the real backwater. And then the other problem was you had men and this is i i think there really is an underused um resource of the men on both sides of the community who did get involved in um violence you know a lot of them lost their families you know their marriages broke up their children went off and did their own things with no respect for them because these men spent time in prison and they ended up with alcohol addiction problems and mental health problems you know there's nothing glamorous about that Broken lives, men who, you know, whether it was for God in Austria or Forgotten Ireland, were really led astray by other people as young, as young men who just got all hot up and did things or had things done to them that they've had to carry about for many, many years. Again, nothing glamorous or wonderful or glorious about that. Very, very sad, I think, and that's that's what Northern Ireland's still dealing with, the trauma of that.
0: Yeah, I think um, where I'm from uh, Bessbrook and Armagh, I had to drive through, well, I didn't drive, my my parents drove me through. We had to go through two armed checkpoints to get to primary school. And it was a mile and a half from the house. Do you know what I mean, That's, there's no there's no glory there. There's no, this isn't a good no, thing. I remember no. visiting, you said about your cousin living in London. I remember visiting my auntie who lived in Sheffield and we were driving around the ta- Sheffield and I said to her, I goes, where's your soldiers? Yeah. She went, yeah. what? I guess, where's your soldiers? She was like, we don't have them. She was That's that's only at home, darling. Yeah. I was like,
1: what? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. thought, it, I thought everywhere dope, in the world that. had soldiers. <laughs> well, I remember we'd see my mommy had a sister in Liverpool and it was the only family holiday we ever had. And I was about 11 and we went over in the boat, to the, the Liverpool, and, um, and we were taken into the town. And of course, as soon as we went to the shops, we put our arms out to be searched. <laughs> and I said, don't do that here. You don't do that here. But <laughs>
0: That's what you did <laughs> Oh God. Oh, how, I mean, do you think of how far, just personally, Linda, how far you've come from that to helping people learn Irish and his Did you ever think yeah. as a kid that there would be a resource that you've provided? Like, did you ever think when you were growing up, as you said, the 60s was a bore, that you'd be teaching people what was perceived as not for them?
1: Well, I mean, as somebody said to me, what, what do you think about the Irish language when you were growing up. Well, here's what I thought about the Irish language when I was growing up: nothing, because I didn't know it existed. <laughs> Honestly, no idea that it existed. It just, it was not on my way I knew nothing about it. And the first time, you know, and this is the truth. The first time I came across the Irish language was when my husband Brian took me probably out either Donegal or Dublin, and I saw this kind of inaccessible language that. I just ignored because I just read the English bits. And I think when we went to Donegal and went into the gale talk, it was more kind of frustration because I couldn't understand what it said. But I had no, I'd no interest. I didn't feel any sort of hostility towards it. It was just, it was just like, it was there and that was that, you know? Did,
0: did you just think everyone in Donegal had dyslexia? You're like, what's for these road sites?
1: Probably. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've never really travelled down and I went to France once. He told me he could speak French, French, but we realized when we got there and we could speak English in a French accent. Un you know?
0: yeah, petit peu Francais, huh? Oh, God.
1: But, you know, so you realised how reliant you are on, you know, on your own language and, and how difficult another language was. Because I never learned the language at school. I mean, this really has genuinely been my first time learning the language. I didn't even have the tools. You know, how do you learn the language? How do you go about that? And I'm not a natural language learner. I'm a real struggler. But because I just, I suppose I just fell in love with the line, we just stuck with it. And, you know, I've seen that progress. I just think, you know, anybody says to me, I can't do that. Well, if you just keep doing it, you will. You just can't help yourself. It will happen. It might happen very slowly, but it will happen.
0: Are you, are you hardworking or are you stubborn? Or are you a nice mix of both?
1: I'm probably a mix of both. Um, I think I decided at one point that, you know what, this isn't going to beat me. I'm going to win. I am gonna win. Now, if I live long enough, I will. <laughs> oh, and I, you know, and I just, I think there's a bit of me. It's fear of failure. So you know, when I started doing GCSE, when I started doing A level, you know, there's a terror in me. Oh God, you know, I have to, I have to pass. So I work really hard. And the same thing happened when I started Queens last year to do the degree. I, you know, I wanted to kind of promote just going to do a degree that this, you know, this is the normality you go when you study Irish and, you know, there's no, there's no balaclavas involved. There's, there's no tricolours, you know, this is just normality. So I kind of put it up on social media And then I thought, well, if I can't do it, oh dear, you know, I'm going to have to walk away, shamefaced,
0: you know, like that sort of No, I think there's, I mean, people talk about how to truly live your life is to do something that scares you. So if you're going to do something that you're not sure about, do tell somebody and then even if it just she ends up going, course, oh, I've told somebody I'm doing that. Yeah, it
1: really does. So, and it was a great. I love the first year. You know, I'm, I'm so looking forward to going away. When I say going back, I don't know whether we're physically going back or it's going to be online second year, but we'll see. So, what,
0: no. what is what is your degree now? Because obviously you became interested in the Irish language, so you did your GCSEs. Did you your GCSEs and your A levels?
1: I did a diploma at um, Ulster University, and I did an A level as well.
0: Okay, so the big thing now for Irish speakers, and I have neither of them, is your silver and gold fauna. Are you up to them?
1: I did the silver fauna a long time ago. I've never done the gold. I've never done the gold fauna. So After the um, degree,
0: Linda. Why who? After the degree.
1: After, I'll have to definitely do that. And um, and as I say, I just need to get myself through the degree. But it's, like it's just, I feel so lucky to be in this, you know, to be in this position because I went to Queen's as a mature student oh, just over 20 years ago in my, my 30s. And, you know, it was a big thing then. I, I did a degree in English. So to be back now in my 50s is just amazing, you know. Yeah. really fantastic.
0: fantastic. Something I wanted to ask you, and obviously because you keep finding out new things that keep you interested and, as you said, things that you never knew, you didn't know about Belfast being Belferstia and all that stuff and uh, where all the names come from and that they're just Anglicized versions of... The, the beautiful yeah. Irish words that we have for them. Um, do you have a favourite Irish fact or something you can tell us kind of from your words? I, I can give you an example because I have like this jersey that I'm wearing. This is where my dad's from. This is a place called Le Summon, which in Irish is Le Summoner, which means the Fort of the Hurler. And we have never had a hurling team.
1: Right. Oh, <laughs> That's the name of the
0: place. There's never exactly. been a hurling team in the Fort of the Hurler. So that's, that's my favourite Irish well, fact.
1: Well, there's two... There's two I'll give you. One of them is my daughter, my eldest daughter, um, married a fellow from Carrick, Fergus. And um, I I became a granny at 33. So this was my eldest granddaughter, honestly. (laughs) And she's now, she's in her 20s now. But anyway, so um, Jordan Lee, when Callie moved down to Carrick, Jordan Lee used to go to a wee after-school programme in a place called Solitover. And it was on the back road at Carrick. And when I used to wait on her, I used to be looking at this thing, S-U-L-L-O-T-O-B-E-R. And I used to think that's a sort of a funny name. But it was only later on when I started to learn Irish and I got an interest in the place names that I understood then, it was explained to me what it meant. And it was Sewell and Tupper, the eye of the whale. Mm-hmm. And my son-in-law, who's from Carrick, said, well, yes, there's a wee stream up there. So it is the source of the whale. And that just opened such a door for me, you know, those place names, of those hidden messages. So that's one of the things I love. The other one I love is when I discovered that in Donegal, the fuchsia flower, and fuchsia's not native to Ireland, it was brought in and landlords used it as a windbreak and it, it likes our climate, so it just goes mad and sort of grows everywhere in Donegal. But when the locals saw it, they thought it was so beautiful. Anyway, people said it looks like Lady's earrings and things, that beautiful little pink and purple flower. So they called it Jora J, God's Tears. Oh,
0: very nice. I just love that. I think that's beautiful.
1: You know,
0: here, here, here's a question for you, saying as you, you're doing a bit of history aspect. When we say hello in Irish, we say Gia Ditch, which is God mm-hmm. go with you, basically. What were yeah. we say? How were we saying hello before Christianity came there?
1: Well, this is it. <laughs> But it's the same. It's the same in English because
0: "Good morning" was "God, God morning." Uh, okay, okay, fair enough. There you go. This is good. Um, I, I, somebody asked me I that. Or some, we were talking about that before, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah," because it, it just means "God be with you" and you know "God with yeah. you." And, so, and I was like, yeah.
1: "What the hell are we saying?" So, there must so have that been an up? expression before
0: that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, t- I'm just imagining a bunch of people speaking Irish, but whatever the Irish for "What about you?" is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jay <J-mar> tattoo.
0: Yeah. Tomagaboy, Augustine <laughs> <laughs> Finn. Yeah. Yep oh uh, yeah, that's all my conversation, conversations that I remember from being a kid but it's really nice it was um it was nice using we had a beautiful moment the other night at training where um one of the guys from East Belfast Ian we were doing our stretches at the end and the guy who was taking the stretches was saying calling out a person's name and you know count to five we were doing it and uh Ian who Ian's like six foot four so I've given the nickname Big Ian just to be cultural Oh, lovely. I said uh, one of the boys said you know Ian count to five and he did it he went da, three, oh, and I was like into my, into that's, my what, that's what we're all about man that's that's yeah. brilliant
1: absolutely. Yep. absolutely although saying that we were
0: hurling last week and the bugger broke my stick and it's the first he's, he's never played hurling before so he's never broken another man's stick and I said to him Take that home and get it repaired and hang it on your wall. I goes that's your first one. You'll be doing plenty of that this year. Is that what, that's what
1: happens? Is that the tradition then, right?
0: Well, <laughs> I, if, it is, if it's not, I'm starting it, but I just give it because he's never played Hurling before and he's in his 30s. Uh-huh. And I said, you take that home, get it repaired. And I says, that's yours now. You, that's, that's the first time you've ever done that. And it was just in a training Very match, good. but I think Very it's good. a good thing. And when we're playing this Thursday, and I think that's, uh, I if somebody who's into their history can go back and find out the last time there was a, a hurling match in East Belfast. Let me know. I think that's going to be wonderful. I
1: saw, I saw the little article on William.
0: Oh, have William's so good. Have you, have you, have uh-huh. you, you so know, William? don't you been chatting? He's yeah. such a nice man and yeah. brilliant hurler as well. He picked that yeah. game up so quick.
1: In the hockey. So that's a lovely wee article and a great picture that yeah. they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And really I have, good. I, I have agreed as. Um, David and myself and um, Richard did U105 of Connor Phillips last Friday, and um, Richard and I lost the bingo. So we have, as a sort of a, a payment for losing the bingo, David, David won. We have agreed to get our photograph taken in the, in the East Belfast kit. So I said, I need a body gun. Oh, brilliant. Forfeit's. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) that's great. We're going
0: to do you know what? See, whenever we finally get a bank account and we're able to buy our jerseys, Linda, we're going to have to get a nice one for the wall. You can put it up in the school.
1: Oh, that would be wonderful. And you can just say,
0: We started this and look where it's got to. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: There's a whole organization that's in in preservation of the language.
1: Yeah, but this is one of the lovely things that I think about tourists. You know, I, you know, I, this was something that I started on my own, and now there's hundreds of other people and it's not just the language you know we have a singing class we have Irish dancing we have set dancing you know the the GAA club has has come out of this it's part of it and you know the tourism the economy stuff the library and and I think the 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 loveliest thing for me is you know the library started because I bought a couple of books and then that sort of grew of people give us a few books I got a um a bookcase out of the secondhand shop and put it in the, the, the um, office. And we said the learners people can borrow these. Now we have a, a proper library with over four thousand resources, and we have a staff member and we have volunteers. And the library has little or nothing to do with me. It's their world and they love it, you know. So it's something that started with me and has grew beyond me. And I think that is where the strength is, you know.
0: Is it? it does it feel nice to have something that well, I know you're a busy woman as well. So one, you don't have to worry about it. And two, it just yeah, complements. It grows. It, it's all from the initial idea of yeah, yeah. You know, that they should be involved in East Belfast. But I think the beautiful thing is as well is that, as you said, even though you, you're based in East Belfast, people come from all over the city and come from the countryside and come in just mm-hmm. to, to be conversational yeah. and to learn their bits. And I think that's how we keep yeah. the language alive is even if people can only speak a few words, it'll generate an interest that will keep people coming back.
1: Well, like, i think too one of the things we i realized very early on was you know at the beginning the majority of our learners were well all of our learners were sort of very inner e fast and that has changed over the years the majority of them still come from e fast, but they they come from further field now and, you know, we've had people coming from as far away as Macrofelt and whatnot to come to classes, mixed marriages and whatnot. They just, they like to come to us and there you go. So I, I love day. the idea
0: of a mixed marriage where they're coming in going, I just want to know what she's calling me. That's, that's just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe a bit of that. We also do a bunch of and I've had a few successes and there's either there's a couple of marriages and even a baby. So there we go. What? But, oh no. Uh, oh,
0: yeah,
1: you know, definitely we do that. But I think just that, you know, that it has just grown and developed and it's taken on its own life. So, you know, I had no concept at the beginning that this is what tourism is going to be. And I also feel, you know, there's so much of a journey it still still has to make. And, you know, I'm going to be with it part of the way. But I wanted to go on long after I put out the pasture, you know. And I think that's the strength. That's the important thing, that it does have its life of its own. And it has young people coming up who, you know, are going to take it in the direction they want to go. And probably in ways that I haven't even begun to imagine, you know.
0: Well, I mean, one of the initial ideas, was it it to create a positivity? Because, I mean, as you say, East Belfast doesn't have, I mean, there's been some bad press in the place for... Years so was it was it just good to be like, here's a positive thing. I, I always maintain like I run one of my little comedy nights down in Newry We do a monthly thing, and where I always say I put that on because I want the place to be slightly better. I said you're never allowed to complain about where you're from until you've at least tried to make it better, and I think that should be something.
1: Yeah, that's a nice thing. But well, no, if, to be honest, it wasn't even that. It was much more simple. It was just the fact to start a class somewhere they'd never been a class to give access to people like myself. A class and, and I think it's because the interest was there as I said you know I was part of a, um, a women's group and it was women from the Short Strand and women from the Newton Arch Road and we did a six-week taster in the Irish language back in February 2011 and after the taster was over I, I went to Andréhood and started to learn Irish and then as I told you started to learn about the language then when that ended up in a newspaper, um, it just created a bit of a bit of interest that um, you know, the, the leader of the PUP's wife was learning Irish. So a number of people contacted East Bell Fascination and said, Here, you know, we want to learn Irish too. And they said, right, we'll start a class and they asked me, would I facilitate it? And that's what we did. Now there was about 20 odd people turned up for the first class, eventually dwindled down to about 10 steady ones. And then eventually i approached forest and and said like you know we we would like to just try and grow this a wee bit so they they agreed to to provide a small bit of funding for one year to see how it would go and it just went you know nobody had any any vision of this and um it, it was a total total surprise but the only reason it happened was because the interest was there you know the, the, we'd had this one small class grown. We opened up another class and 40 odd people joined it. And then we had to do another class. So by, by the end of that first year, we had four classes going and so much interest, so much positivity, so many people wanting to be involved. And it, it really was amazing.
0: Okay. So Linda, now that you've seen that that progression can happen just out of an initial idea, how soon can we get the, to run for Ulster president or maybe Oechthoran of the GAA? Could we, Could you, would you mind driving up and down to Dublin for work? I mean, you get to go places, the tickets are good, there's lots of dinners. I'll definitely stick with
1: a roll of halves, as long as my role's only not two
0: pounds on. Yeah, I mean I, don't mean, I don't mean straight away. I mean, you've got to finish that degree first, you know. At
1: least let me get my feet off the table.
0: Brilliant. Well, do you know what Lynn? I, 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 think everybody in the, yeah, I think everyone in the club has agreed that it's, it's been really nice having you, even if it just, even to give us a bit of, you, mean, you, you certainly legitimize us a lot more in the, in the community over there. And as I say, we're a lot, I mean, a lot of the guys aren't from East Belfast, but a lot of the guys are, which is the more important thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we've been
0: saying to those boys, I'm like, this is your club. I goes, your name's on that one. We're here to help. And once you're up and running, it'll, it'll sustain itself. That's what we want to see. From the initial interest to similar idea to yourself, and I firmly believe we probably wouldn't be able to operate at the capacity we do if you hadn't if you hadn't already done what you've done. So thanks very much for making it a wee bit easier for us.
1: Well, I feel very honoured just to be part of it, and I really have been amazed at just the energy that's coming out and the work, the hard, hard work that people are putting in. Because it is hard to set things up and you know get things on board and be positive, and especially when there's critics out there. And all I have seen is positivity and and also I've been very humbled by the fact that when there has been small bits of negativity, that has not been, um, you know, there's been no negative response. The response has been continually positive.
0: Well, I mean, myself and yourself I ended up in the same Twitter spot, agreeing with each other. But I, I didn't want to. Any response I sent in was positivity. I didn't want to degrade to name calling or negativity, which was being thrown back at us. I was just like, mm. we're we're here to to mix people and to to show everybody that it's not them and us; it's just all of us. That's the main thing yeah. that that has always annoyed me. And maybe yeah. a bit of foresight from living in other countries and mixing with people from all different races and religions. is you just go. Why can't we do this? The I, I mean, I have a joke when people say to me, uh, "You know, are, are people racist where you come from?" I says, uh, "I go, we have racism, but we, we are more sectarian." They say, "What's sectarianism?" I said, "It's like racism when you're all the same color and a little bit stupid."
1: <laughs> That's very true. That's actually very true. yeah. So it's yep. it's just
0: getting it's just breaking down those barriers. And as you say, it has to be it has to be the project where somebody goes across and goes, "Do you want to come learn about something?" And then maybe we'll get on a bit better. This
1: is it. and they 'll always be the naysayers will always be there and I think what you know i 've seen in my own journey with blind is you know there are naysayers you know people sort of attacking you on social media, and some of them are you know they 're trolls and they 're nasty and they 're looking for arguments and they 're looking to be critical but there 's also people there who you know they 're making statements and they genuinely believe what they 're saying, and quite often it 's misinformation it 's false information. And you know, my only response has always been to invite them in. Now, very, very few of them come, but I've found that the ones who do come, you know, become friends. You know, because they realise there's nothing wrong, there's no issue here. And um, and the ones, as I say, who won't, you know, accept an explanation. Um, my my husband used to say his brother always would have quoted, um, you know, for, for what I can't just can't remember exact words of it. For those who for those who um, who understand, no explanation is necessary. And for those who don't want to understand, no explanation is possible. And <laughs> that's just the reality on social media. But
0: I, 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 I always like the quote that uh, you should never wrestle with a pig. You end up getting dirty and the pig likes it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you're, that's you're, I mean, t- yours was much more eloquently explained, but I'm from the countryside. <laughs> so we're a little bit more rough, you know.
1: But
0: I like yours. <laughs> yeah, no, as you said, it's all about just staying positive and, and doing our bits and pieces. But as well as the, um, as well as the resources that, that are now available in East Belfast, that tourists in the centre, I mean, you, you're, you've got online, you've got, uh, do you, I mean, you're learning a bit about the history. Is there, a, is there a tour in East Belfast we can
1: do? Well, we have, we have bus tours now. Unfortunately, they are. Council at the minute because of the pandemic but will be coming up again. Um, we're looking at trying to get a virtual tour with a paywall put up instead because we've very successfully for a couple of years ran two great tours. One is the Gaelic tour of East Belfast which was more your idea of a traditional bus tour that just took you all around East Belfast and pointed out places that were linked with sort of Gaelic history language culture and then the other one was the colony one and it it was, it was sort of different. It, it took you on a bus to five specific places and you got off the bus. And then the story was unfolded about Con O'Neill, who was the last Gaelic lord of this area. And his is a very sad, very tragic story. And, um, and he crossed the boundary between what was the, the kind of the Gaelic twilight into then the, the plantation. And his son, Daniel, actually became a Protestant and went over to England and was one of the most trusted men in, and one of the richest men in London and um, part of the royal court, you know. So he was able to successfully transcend that where his, his, father, his father didn't. So there's a, a, a really fantastic you know, two tours that um, were sellouts every month. And um, we want to you know, build on those once things go back to normal. We also set up a range of merchandise, of mugs and maps and books and all sorts of things that we would have sold. And all these things helped us to provide funding um, for the, for our, our own um, project, you know?
0: Yeah, I love that as well, because you said what East Belfast is what people thought of it, and you just go, there's so much more to this that you don't understand, um, especially with the Conor Ale thing. Conswater, everything in East Belfast is named after that guy.
1: Absolutely. You know, well, I mean, there's we, so
0: much stuff over there and it's all I'm sure it's all part of your
1: tour. We always get out a wee card for people to give feedback. And I used to love reading the feedback cards because they people always love the tours. But um you've got a big mix of local people and then people coming from other parts of the city. Um And one of the things that always interests me is the locals would have written, you know, I've lived here all my life. I've passed this place every day. I have no idea. This has just changed my idea of, you know, my own home, my own place. And um, and I think that's fascinating.
0: Yeah. I mean, God forbid you learn a bit of history. You might make a better future out of it. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think that's, again, one of the problems in Northern Ireland is, you know, we, we all know certain bits of history very well, possibly too well, and um, and also our own versions of them. But if we knew more about the the, the whole um, history, I mean, um, when I started learning Irish, one of the things that struck me, I used to go down at the back over in the falls and they did a um, sort of 1798 um, bus tour. And along I, I went and of course it was about the Presbyterians and we went up. To Every Saint-Feed.
0: one of them was Presbyterian.
1: <laughs> and we went up to Ballin the Hinch and we went to St. Faith. Well my great-grandmother was actually from St. Faith. was married in St. Faith Parish Church, is buried up in the graveyard there. You know, and this, it sort of struck me here were Catholic people telling me a Presbyterian about my own history. Because nobody else had ever allowed me to know about the United Irish well, Men. Wolf
0: Tone. Henry J. McCracken, who was from Belfast as well.
1: Absolutely. So again, you know, this is the history I believe, because that we should be getting told, because this is our shared history. These are the things that brought us together. And also it explains many of the things that you know where we are today. But, you know, we, we know about nineteen sixteen and we know about sixteen ninety and Cheney, and that's that's kind of sad. And, One of the things that strikes me is, you know, when I was growing up, you knew where you were because you either saw 1690 or you saw 1916 on the walls and that soon located you.
0: (laughs) I know. It's just, that's that's nearly sad as well. Whenever you do, I I love history. I read a lot and I really love learning about all that stuff. And it's, the annoying thing is, it's um, that was cooperation of communities, all that stuff. And that's what we need. That's where we need to go in a positive way in the future. Not not rebellion, not warfare. We need to just, we're here together. Let's make the best of it while we're at it.
1: And if people want Northern Ireland to succeed, they have to realise then, you know, it's, it's never a, a divided country. Who wants to invest in that? Who wants to live in that? You know, what young, educated people want to stay in that? Of course, you know, there'll be a brain drain. Companies won't come, investors won't come. Peace is the only way that we can make this place productive whether it stays as part of the UK whether it becomes part of United Ireland you know that's that's an argument for another day and a referendum but the only way to make it productive is through peace
0: yeah oh no absolutely as well but it's the the whole thing about while we're here and um, not trying to get off too, too, too far off the, the point of why I'll have you on the podcast is that if you want our, if you want to learn Irish do it if you want to learn Ulster Scots do it Uh, If you don't want to do it, leave the people alone that do want to do it. Let them work away. Nobody's harming you by learning something else.
1: This is another thing that always sort of amuses me as a language learner, I suppose. And when I see people going on and attacking people learning Irish and, you know, making these ridiculous statements about their politics or whatever, and I think, you know... If you realised how difficult it is to learn a language, and you know these people are not getting up to any harm, they're sitting there studying, you know, the irregular verbs and you know the 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 genitive. Like their their time is filled, you know. They're they're not out rioting, they're not out protesting. Yeah. They're, they're very busy with their Irish books, and I would leave them to it, you know. <laughs>
0: uh, one of the things as well was um, whenever you started learning Irish as well, did anyone tell you that that it wasn't for you or that? You should be learning Ulster Scots or any of that sort of stuff. Was there any yeah. opposition to you personally, where you were like, "I will learn what I want on her?
1: There was a number of people who told my husband, like basically, when I make a joke of it now, but it was the kind of thing, say like, "You want to keep her in the house, Brad? You know that I shouldn't be doing this." And um, and I would, and he makes a joke back as he say, "You know, I locked her up in the cellar three times, but she's not her way out." You know.
0: <laughs> Linda, I've I've officially known you for an hour now. I don't see anybody telling you to do anything you don't want to do.
1: He does try. He doesn't get away with him. God no. love <laughs> him. But you know, and I remember, and this this was really one of the saddest ones. It was a a local group, a local community centre in East Belfast, very close to where I'm based in the mission, invited me up, and I didn't realise when I went up it was a bit of an ambush, you know. But there you go. And um, you know, one of the things that was thrown at me was, "What about Ulster Scots?" And I said, "Well." What about Ulster Scots and the issue with Ulster Scots and I said but you know people have wanted to learn Irish and you know but I think it was actually a good thing for me because somebody you know as somebody from the Protestant community I had never had any interest in Ulster Scots I didn't have any interest in language and I suppose Ulster Scots had been sold to me it was a bit of a joke it was a bit ridiculous it was something to laugh at you know it was the wee dafties and so Because of this, I had to go away and look at Ulster Scots and take it seriously. And also, I remember um, somebody who was a Gaelic speaker in Scotland said to me, no, Scots is a language, you know, and you have to have respect for it. Oh, yeah. So, away, and I read up on it, and and I recognised the beauty in it. And I suppose because it had always been around me, I just never really thought about it. And it took me on another part of my journey because, again, i didn't want to be you know because i was learning irish obviously ulster scots was the enemy or vice versa and i don't you know i don't see anybody in irish language who gets in the whole state can't have ulster scots down with that sort of thing you know in fact i've met irish speakers who are who speak scots who are interested in ulster scots and and i find because people are interested in language and culture you know when we've done certain Ulster Scots events or, you know, had Ulster Scots speakers over. It's the Irish speakers who attend these events. Yeah, because they and want to no
0: know more. They, they need to see yeah, where this comes terrific. from and how it ended up here. And it's interesting. The whole, the whole thing's interesting.
1: Well, one of the things that struck me too when I looked at, at Ulster Scots and looked at Scots is, of course, it's full of Gaelic words. Because though they're two different languages, there's a massive crossover. The
0: Scottish um, are just a mentally ill Irish tribe. Billy Connolly said that.
1: Well, <laughs> the language went over, you know, the Scotland. People spoke Gaelic, and yeah. then the Scots came in, and in the, the, the Scots language, the Gaelic, they kept a lot of their Gaelic, and they kept the structures and a lot of the words, and then that came back over here, and, and it's, so this sort of mix, which I think that's beautiful, and I think that's something that enriches us. So what frustrates me is... You know, when some people who don't have any genuine interest in Ulster Scots, and you see the same thing with the Irish language as well, that they want to use it, you know, as a flag of their, you know, sectarian attitude. And that makes me angry because, you know, the languages aren't sectarian. The, language aren't, the languages aren't divisive. One of my close friends, Liam Logan, Liam's from Dunloy, He's an Ulster Scots speaker and obviously with the name like Liam, you know, comes from a Catholic background. And him and I, the first time we ever, we, we would do talks together, the first time we ever did a talk together was, I was booked, I was asked to, to speak up a mutinard, And it was really a strange reaction. As soon as I had agreed to speak with the guy who was organizing, I think he was counselor, whatever, says, oh, well here, we'll have to get somebody from Ulster Scots now. You know, cause it was almost like, you know, if I, I had to be diluted down, you know, if we're gonna talk about cardigans, well, what about jumpers? Can't they- <laughs> And it just seemed so ridiculous to me at the time, you know. And, of course, Tim and I arrived that night, Liam was there. And I know Liam because he's a a very good friend of my husband's. So, you know, we had a bit of crack then. And what we recognised was quite often, not intentionally, but these talks are done and, you know, we'll have the Irish language speaker, we'll have the Ulster Scots speaker, and, you know, it's this kind of, you know, and that's the audience perception that they're coming from, you know, and I'm going to sell you my bit. No, I'm going to win you over with my bit. And we weren't doing that, you know, because I said, you know, I really have, I really love posters, that's really interesting. And Liam was saying, you know, lots of those words that I know, but they're actually derived from the Irish language. So we decided then, you know, if, if we were going to speak, we wouldn't do it separately, we'd go out and do it together. And we'd arrive together as friends, and we would do a talk together, and, we, and we've done that good number of times since
0: that you know yeah well, as i said it, it, it doesn't do you learning anything does you no harm
1: absolutely
0: the point is you're learning that's the point you're
1: learning, you're learning.
0: Yeah. yeah and if it's something that you want to learn about even better because you'll find it more you'll be more joyful for it you'll enjoy it a lot more
1: again and it's you know, it's just people's perceptions where i've been attacked but you're the better off learning french or spanish and i'd yeah. say well Anybody learning French, that's wonderful. I congratulate that. I think it's great. Personally, myself, I don't travel. I want to work in Northern Ireland. I want to live in Northern Ireland, and there's more work for me having the Irish language. But, you know, the idea that I would attack somebody for learning French, or I would attack but I would feel the need to say to them, you'd be better off learning Irish than learning that Spanish. You know, as a language learner, I would, you know, somebody said to me, I'm learning Spanish. i say, oh, that's great. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it so enjoyable learning a language? Isn't it so enjoyable to be learning something? But, you know, this need that, you know, I suppose a minority of people have, they attack you because you're learning something that for whatever reason they don't approve of.
0: Well, one of the things that I said um, that was, I, I, when I put up on social media, I really appreciated that the club being East Belfast based our logo is in three languages. Yeah. So we have uh, our Scalic, we have our Irish, we have our English, and we have our Ulster Scots. And basically all of them mean together because that was representative of the area, representative of the, of the people who would be joining the club. <clears throat> and somebody, somebody said to me, uh, or it was replied back to me by, as you say one of these trolls, uh, someone, should, someone should point out to them what the G in GAA stands for. And I went... Do you have? And I just replied, Do you have an Irish passport? And they said, Yeah. And I said, Go and look in it. And there's the Blackbird, the poem by William Moore, in the middle of your passport. I said, You're complaining about something that you profess to know about, and it's in your bloody passport.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly the same on the other way, because there's Gaelic and the British passport. Exactly. You know, so these are the things that, you know, and I think, you know, people are so good at throwing stones, they're so good at attacking. But they don't recognize their own, they've no knowledge of their own history, of their own culture. And you know, people say to Yeah, uh, you know, oh, we're losing our culture. But you've lost an awful lot of it already. You've let so much of it go. Yeah. You know. But you're very late in the day complaining about it, and now you're attacking other people for trying to revive it, for trying to hold on to it. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I mean, the Irish language, the the Gaelic revival was a, was a part of Irish history, which is yeah. I mean it was nearly gone. We had uh, gale areas and that was kind of it. Yeah. So it needs to yeah. be brought back in. Yeah. And now b- by pure population and by amount of speakers, Belfast as a city is one of the biggest gale in the world. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And I mean the Presbyterian Church in the 1830s the Presbyterian General Assembly termed the Irish language our sweet and memorable mother tongue. And in the 1840s they made a requirement for all of their training ministers to have a knowledge of the language because so many of their early congregations, and again, this is what I find fascinating. A lot of them had come over from Scotland, so they were Gaelic speakers, and of course, you know, the language that's derived from the Irish language, and um, so they have no problem understanding people who spoke Irish. And also, when you look at the Presbyterian Church, an awful lot of the names are Gaelic Irish because they're the people who converted to Presbyterianism, you know. Yeah. So, this idea that we're these two very separate tribes, well, you know, everything about us tells you that's a lie. When you look at our surnames, when you get, you know, very what you'd see is I suppose very Irish names. I mean, my my, own, my grandfather was a as a Presbyterian, was a Presbyterian with a very Irish name, my grandmother was a Catholic woman. you know, our our, our backgrounds are mixed. And then on the Catholic side, we get these very what you guards planter, I suppose, surnames. Because you know we're not one thing or another. We've married in, we've converted, we've crossed over, we're mixed in, and I him I think that enriches us.
0: Linda, are you really looking forward to the day when we don't have to use the word side or community? Yes. It's gonna be yeah. good, isn't
1: it? It is gonna be good. You know, when you get to the point where, and it will be, you know, maybe my grandchildren and great grandchildren will say, Granny, what do you mean? Well, what, and that that will be a wonderful thing. You know, and um, Peter Sherlock shared this story with me, and I thought it was lovely. And he said again, it it's that it's that natural sectarianism that's in us. That we don't even know. And um, you know, his children. He, he's a an mixed marriage, and his children. I don't think his children with nobody else anything. But um, his son was playing rugby, and I think I don't know whether it was, whether it was a child's name or something. Obviously, must have um, struck Peter. But he asked his son, was the wee boy a Catholic or a Protestant. He did it, you know, innocently. He didn't mean any harm by it. But his son looked at him and said, Why would you want to know that? That's And I mean. he caught him up, you know, and he said, You're absolutely right. Why would I want to know that? That's you that's know?
0: brilliant. Cause I I mean, when people talk about, as you say, tribes and sides, I I mean, I went to Catholic school, I was raised Catholic, but I haven't, you wouldn't catch me going to church on a Sunday or going to mass or any of that stuff. I'm, I'm fairly non-religious whatsoever. So when people say, oh, you're from that side, I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm not from any side. I'm, I'm here. And good yeah. people are good people that, no matter where that, they go to school or where they're from. Do you know what I mean?
1: That is wonderful. and You know, I grew up in a world, and, and again, you know, the, the, we learned very early to work out who people were. And I don't know whether that was self-preservation or what, but, you know, and it was sad. And, you know, so you, you were looking at people's names, people's addresses, and we still do it. People's schools, what hints they were given to put them into a certain box. And I think that's one of the things, not at the beginning the tourists, but as tourists developed and went on, um, you know, one of the things, it's really, really sad. We have to actually ask people now, but for the first few years we didn't. We just sort of worked it out. You know, whether people were Catholic or Protestant, and we had to do that because we're one of our funders. We have to say whether people, you know, the ratio of Catholics and Protestants. But what I started to discover, and that's why we had to start putting it on a forum and getting people to take, was the people coming were getting more complicated. That because their husband was shameless, didn't necessarily mean they were a Catholic, or because their wife was Lily, didn't necessarily mean they were a Protestant. You know, my my grandmother was called Lily, and my niece is called Lily. or because their daughter was called Shanid, hmm. didn't actually necessarily mean they were Catholic, or because they lived in a certain part of the town, didn't necessarily. And I started to think, wow, this is great. This is great. You know. Well, the main this,
0: part for you is, do you want to speak Irish? And when they say, yeah, you go, well, then it doesn't matter where you're from.
1: Yeah. And it's sad that because of one funder, and it's a cross-community funder, we have to distinguish your Catholic or Protestant. We have, to, we have to tick a box for that. And I think that is, you no, know, because at the end of the day, people want to learn Irish. That's what we're interested in. Not your yeah. politics. Your well, the,
0: the example I've been using um, to explain the Gaelic Club to people, I said, because uh, everybody in Northern Ireland or on the island of Ireland knows who Cú Holland is.
1: Yeah.
0: So in Irish history, because he's been claimed by as you call both, communities I, both communities have claimed him as the defender of Ulster and I said right well he played hurling that's how he got his name <laughs> I
1: said
0: well, I can tell he became the, the hound of Cullen because he killed a dog with his hurling slither and I said you go so if you want to come and play and be like him let's go
1: a friend of my husband Sandy Terry who was at one time the head of the UDA um, they planned to go down to Dublin and steal him back out of the post office but- <laughs> There, he was a bit big and he was a bit heavy, so it never happened. Yeah.
0: But the plan, was <laughs> right? I was <laughs> going to say, there's actually there's another That's statue of him closer to home. There's one in Mullaban at the foot of Sleeve Gullion. Big
1: thing we didn't
0: know. <laughs> I know because it's only an hour down the road. You could get
1: Have <laughs> we got him? <laughs> don't think they're interested
0: anymore. I mean, are. Uh, Linda, I am sorry because I've kept you talking for far longer, but I've really enjoyed the chat. Uh, if we want to find out more about you, we've, we've mentioned tourists plenty of times as well, so uh, we can just find you online, yes? If we I, I go on Google, T-U-R-A-S.
1: East Belfast Mission. You can either get me at East Belfast Mission or their card to tourists has a website as well, so friends of tourists, card to tourists.
0: Okay, and that's where we will go. See, here's the thing. Not everybody speaks Irish, and people listen to this. Thankfully, I'm glad to say all over the world. So, Cardia Tourist C-A-I-R-D-E,
1: yeah. I, I was going to throw
0: in a joke. Is there, is there a H in that or an H? <laughs> 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 yeah, Cardia guys, if you want to go and check out uh, the great work that Linda does over in East Belfast, and uh, check Thank us out you. as well, East Belfast, yeah, because I think... We probably wouldn't exist without the great work that Linda and her lovely people over there have been doing. So uh, Bosley, it's been lovely to chat to you. Is there any anything, anything else we should know or any anywhere else we should go looking for you if we wanna find a nice resource? You're gonna have to start coming and getting us to teaching us a few bits of training Can Absolutely. You pop up some well Tuesday? we're
1: we're gonna have to get that sorted out and um, for the for the new season and get you all get us all up to I know Kiva's already got some plans of getting the the, the Getting them a, a couple of fockum.
0: Yeah, um, I think I think the main one that I need to remember is my shasus. So get the, the hands absolutely. up boys.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's real, which, was, which is different to when I was in school because all used to tell me was shasigisus, which is just, <laughs> <laughs> so it should be good. Um, I think Linda, thank you. I'll share
1: him. this with you quickly. One of my teachers, he said the only Irish he heard when he was in school was an um, show. Yeah, and you put yeah. your hand up, but he didn't hear it right and he said for years he thought he was saying hand chalk
0: was <laughs> he just putting he it up the for his it. hand,
1: and it was chalk so hand chalk so every week or every day he said hand chalk, hand chalk.
0: <laughs> oh dear well here if you can get away with it if the teacher's not hearing it right then fine uh, you know? yeah
1: it was it's all right. different, different
0: story when you have to write it in an exam though which is what <laughs>
1: yes <well. laughs>
0: Brilliant, uh, Linda Irvine. Thank you very much for coming on. I've really enjoyed Good our chat today. I will, uh, like always with this podcast, this is uh, ep- season three, episode one. So if you've enjoyed this today, this we chat, go and check out the fantastic work that Linda does. Go and check out what East Belfast GA are up to, and like, share, and subscribe. You can uh, pass this along to your friends, and this will be on. This goes up on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, it goes up on Google Podcasts, and might we stick it up on YouTube as well? We'll see if the crackers. I think we did well because we, we didn't swear once. So this is, this is now family friendly. <laughs> nice
1: work, everyone. Was that a first? <laughs>
0: uh, we'll see. Right, Linda, I'm going to let you go here. So I'm yeah, going to cease you. recording. Thank you very much, Linda. Uh, enjoy right. the rest of your day. And uh, yeah, you. I'll see you soon. All right. you Bye. Bye.
1: Slalom, slalom.